What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of On the Power Play. It is me, your boy, Brian, always joined by my fantastic co-hosts, Adam and Matt. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Season's Ooh. greetings. Happy holidays. You say cheese and greetings? Did I just hear that right? <laughs> no, I you said cheese and Season's greetings. Season's greetings. And I heard cheese and gritty. Am I hungry? I might just be hungry. Did I eat dinner? I don't think cheese I ate Cheese is good. Cheese is good. I, I wouldn't mind you having your cheat, having cheese. But uh, oh. how's it going, boys? Um, Dude, we're, we're here. I wanted here. to ask, Um, do you guys have your trees up? Yeah, I guess so we got our tree up. Uh, yeah, the house, the is, the house is seasonal. Uh, nice. Lights are in the mail. The lights are in the mail because, you know, new new homeowner didn't have any lights. Hey, you got to get your lights from somewhere, Adam. Okay, we went on Kohl's.com, had some Kohl's cash Ooh. to burn. Um, so, you know, the lights are in the mail and uh, they'll they'll get here the hopefully um, uh, around the 15th. So hopefully we have Christmas lights around them. Um we Real did. We did spend a little bit of extra to get the good lights, so that we don't have to buy lights every yeah, year. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, did you? Uh, did you go real, or are you 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 staple, stapling with the fake tree? Oh, fake tree. I'm a fake tree kind of guy. I, I've done the real tree thing. It is nice. Um, like I, I like going to the to the like the tree farm or go to where the scouts have their trees and getting them and and all that stuff is very nice, but. The the upkeep and the needles on the floor, the water at the at the bottom, and the, you know the fact that we have the, you know the dog, it's like mm. eh, let's just do. This I'm thing, such you know? a fake tree guy. So right. my brother has been working at a tree farm, you know, to you know make some little bit of money. Get some extra cash, I like that. Yeah. And dude, you know how much it costs to get a tree nowadays? It's it's well over a hundred dollars. It's two hundred dollars yeah. to get a tree. Yo, where are you getting your trees from, dude? It is not worth it. Go fake, yeah. I do. Inflation is real, boys. The last time I went to like cut down a tree and buy one was with my dad, and that was in like I would say sophomore year of high school, and I think it was like 85 bucks before tip. My brother said he's it's pushing till. Two hundo before tip. Yeah. Holy cow. That just feels unnecessary. It's a tree. This is America. Everything's expensive nowadays, boys. This is ridiculous. I know that Adam's a fully real tree guy. Yeah. He's all real tree. Did you and your family get your tree yet? Not yet. We're going Friday. Oh, right on, man. Right on. Hey, let us know what that final price is because I want to figure out how much it is. I'll report uh, when we get the tree down. <laughs> okay, down. yeah, I, I need I need a final price count for that because that is absolutely horrendous. You, you know, you know what else is absolutely horrendous, boys? Uh, there's a joke here to make, but I can't find it. So go on. The decisions that the uh, that the player safety board in the NHL oh, seem to yes. be making nowadays. Okay, so last episode, I'm just gonna we pop we popped off a little bit on Jacob Truba. For good reason. Dude tried to use his stick as a weapon. Now, here we are a week later with another situation where a player decided to use their stick as a weapon as Brendan Smith attempted to take off Travis Konechny's hands. Um, And if we recall, Jacob Truba received the max fine of $5,000 for hitting somebody in the head with his stick, right? 
Brendan Smith. Now, don't get me wrong. I was pissed off about the penalty. It is what it is. Whatever. He gets a two-game suspension for it. And then Travis Konechny, who did instigate a little bit with a cross track, gets a $5,000 fine for what seemed like a cross check that kind of happens at least once a game, at least in every NHL game. I can't, I can't continue to sit here and look at these decisions and have a general understanding of what the fuck is going on. Okay. Can we have some sort of like tiered system for like what, is in this fine bracket? What is this in this suspension bracket? Because watching Jacob Truba hit somebody across the head with his stick feels like a two-game suspension type of deal. Now, a two-handed slash across the hands, yeah, you're not supposed to do that. That's a $5,000 fine, no suspension. I feel like they got it backwards. What is going on? (laughs) Right? This is insane. I was at the game too, and I I was during the play. There was an icing going on, so I didn't actually see the slash happening, and they didn't even show on replay. So I'm like, all right. And the, they were all huddle around, like they should have called it a five minute major penalty for slashing because it deserved to be a five minute major penalty for slashing. Right. Right. Um, but then uh, you look at the replay, you're like, wow, man. It's like you don't see people wind up that hard to slash somebody, but you know, he did. Um, but it's across the wrists, right? Yeah. Like, I get it. Yeah. You shouldn't do it, and it's obviously your, you know, it's intent to, to, to hurt somebody, et cetera, et cetera. But Truba hit somebody in the side of the fucking head, and no suspension, no saucy, yeah, That's no saucy. Crazy. Adam, Not... what's your opinion? Considering you're you're separated from both these scenarios, it's fucking stupid. Plain and simple. what are we doing here it's dumb it's dumb you know what the what the fuck are we doing here i dude i don't know but it is i'll put it i I, this is a great example actually way back before the pod i was attempting to do the uh the the created league on uh on twitch right where Mm -hmm. i did uh i think it was fantasy draft i had a bunch of friends that drafted teams i put them in the game and simulated games and i'd play them there was one play, I can't remember who the player was, but you know the animation in Shell where uh, a player own goals and he takes his stick and he slams it on the ice because he's yeah. so upset? Yeah. Well, that happened. But the follow-through of the swing clocked the goalie in the head. And, of course, it's Shell, so there's no right. anything. There, yeah, there's it no, doesn't, it doesn't like count as gameplay, right. Me and my infinite wisdom said, we're going to make this a thing. And I sent the clip to a friend and I said, how many games would you give this if it was a suspension? What's or would the you just sussy call it here? Yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone I asked said at least two games. That's got to be a two gamer, right? If you're at hitting least. somebody across the head with a stick, if general people who don't work in the NHL have enough knowledge to be like, yeah, that's that should be a suspension. It should be a suspension. Maybe just leave the voting up to regular fans, because this board you, has no fucking could idea. Could you what imagine, doing. um, like American Idol style? Yes, they, that's what the fan vote, fan vote on all suspensions. I like the idea. You guys ever um, see Shorzy? You guys, you have, uh, I love that show. When uh, uh, I think Shorzy's guy 
getting his hearing for his suspension and he walks in a room it's just three chicks just sitting right <laughs> next to each other <laughs> yeah so yeah exactly like that should be a hearing it's just the lady i'm so happy i can breathe out of my nose right now <laughs> what's this remind you of huh huh a little bit of nose cardio <laughs> but like just three ladies just sitting together just being like like this is what you did like that should be we should we should keep it to the ladies because the yeah, ladies let the moms do it have the, the mom of the of the player that committed the penalty and the mom of the player that the penalty was committed to get together oh god bottle cool. of wine they'll figure out the suspension from there out I think I think this is foolproof. I think this is foolproof. Um, oh, by the way, just uh, to touch on what Matt said, uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't watched Shorzy, do yourself a favor. If you don't have Hulu, borrow somebody's account. You know somebody with Hulu, trust me. And if you still don't have Hulu when Disney Plus is offering ESPN Plus, Hulu, and Disney Plus with commercials for $13 a month, just bite the bullet. It's worth it. Watch the show. It's hilarious. And uh, hockey fans will love it 100%. Anyways. And then you don't have to complain about ESPN Plus, you know. Exactly. You can watch your hockey on ESPN Plus because for some reason, it feels like every five games is is your local market. And all the rest of them are ESPN, TNT. It's on fucking Sportsnet in Canada for no reason. You boys have it worse because you follow the Flyers and you're in the Flyers market. I have it a little bit easier being mm-hmm. a Sharks fan. I can watch pretty much any game I want. Yeah. But it's still fucking ridiculous. And that's honestly a, a whole episode on its own, which, which is what's going on with the TV contracts. Like, look, I like that the game is growing and it's getting more national attention and it's on different channels and stuff. Don't take don't keep taking away my my local my local broadcasts. I love the local broadcasts and I hate having to mute the TV and turn the radio on because it's always off, you know, and I do it because I like to support my local networks. Anyways, I digress. That was just a little bit of time for me to bitch about something endlessly Um, to continue with actual NHL news here. The NHL is embarking on the sphere. Now, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about... Yeah, I think we came up, yeah. What are they going to do? And we were like, maybe they do the sphere. And I believe we came to the conclusion, no, that's probably way too much money. Well, we were wrong as the NHL finalizes the details to hold a, quote, dramatic 2024 NHL draft in the Vegas sphere. So according to the uh, Gary Bettman and the NHL Board of Governors, uh, Bettman said, quote, I think it'll be pretty dramatic, unquote. Um, the NHL uh, is the first sports entity to hold an event in the sphere, which sits 18,600 people. Uh, here's some more from Gary Bettman. Quote, it will be the first sporting event in the sphere, and I think it'll be a pretty well-viewed event, both in terms of the draft itself and the viral use of the sphere inside and outside using the globe. We think it'll be fun. We think it'll be dramatic and compelling. Now, I truly didn't think that they were going to go ahead and do the sphere. But the fact that they are kind of rocks, I don't know what your guys' opinion on this is, but I kind of love it. Um, talk about promoting yourself in, in the best way that you can when you have the draft in Vegas to use the newest thing in Vegas. Use the sphere, not only for, like he said, indoor um, you know, stuff, but you know, very, very outdoor and in the open um advertising and you know, like the live action stuff that you'll probably see on the outside of the sphere. I think it's gonna be great moment for the nhl in general 
uh, just to advertise to different different folks. You know, uh, I I know that Vegas yeah. is now a super hot hockey market, but I think this is great for the league. What do you guys think? I I I'm I, I screw. I like the sphere. Sphere's cool. My buddy, my buddy went to the sphere. Got to oh, yeah? see something there. And he's like, dude, it's it's a unique place. It's steep. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's steep. Like the steep the seating steep. The elevate the esca the escalator to get to your seats steep, like it's a steep building, but it's cool. It's like, you know, it can host a lot of things. Um, my only wish is that it was last year's draft because this year's draft, right. I just had that feeling isn't mm-hmm. going to be memorable or deep or anything like that. Right. So, so I mean, I wish it was last year's draft when you had you know. Bedard, Bedard, Carlson, Finatelli, Mitch Koff, <laughs> like, you know, the good, good players. Like, the guys who are yeah. going to be seeing play legit hockey for a long time. Yeah, that would have been super cool. Um, But also, like, when you really think about it, this is this is less about who is being drafted and more about the draft experience as a whole, Uh, just to just to promote that and, and hockey in general. But, uh, Adam, what do you think about it? Do you think this is good for the league? Uh, I think it's a double-edged sword um because from all reports it sounds like this is going to be the last of the the draft that we know when it comes to the nhl before they move to the central centralized mm-hmm. version which right uh, who knows how that's going to be um so i mean for a last hurrah i think it'll be a nice send-off but on that other edge we're losing like we talked about the last time we talked about the draft we're losing kind of that that different feel that the NHL had over all the other sports. Right. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Plus, uh, Bing, you said that we were wrong, but in a way we were half correct because it was stupid expensive to get this to go through. Yeah. Is the, do you see a final price there? I haven't seen a final price, but I I've heard it was very expensive. Yeah, it's got to be dumb expensive. Well, first of all, the Sphere is losing money hand over fist, so they have to probably charge fairly high prices just to make up for the money that they're losing. Um, but hey, I, like I said, I think this is just a good time for promotion for the league. I think this is that's kind of what they're they're going for, anyways. And yeah, as a last hurrah to how the NHL draft has gone for as long as as we can remember, I think it's a pretty good way to go out, considering what they're going to move move forward and do. Um, it kind of sucks that I think what they're going to do after this is do what the major league baseball draft looks like, which is ass. It's just so bad. Um, but you know, I, I guess it's just, that's just the way the league wants to move and, uh, we don't get to make those choices, but I like the decision to use the, uh, the sphere. I think it'll be cool. Um, even cooler than the Vegas sphere, at least in my opinion, the NHL is looking towards putting together a four nation tournament. In 2025, so here's the report from uh, Greg Wyshynski. Uh, the NHL's International Hockey Tournament scheduled for February 2025 will be scaled back to just four national teams, according to sources on ESPN. The proposed event will feature national teams from the United States, Canada, Sweden, and Finland. So it's North America versus Scandinavia, basically, which I love. 100% love that. Um, here's some details. The NHL and NHLPA have been attempting to stage the next World Cup of Hockey tournament since it was revived in 2016. Uh, sources said that due to its limited scope, the 2025 event will be called something 
other than the World Cup of Hockey and that the mission for the, both the NHL and NHLPA was to simply stage some kind of international tournament ahead of the Winter Olympics. Um, here's a report uh, from Bill or uh, some quotes from NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly. Um, quote, we're hopeful to have an international tournament in February 2025. We're working with players, associations and associations on the construction of that. Then after that, we would like to to be in a regular rotation between the Olympics and the World Cup every other year. That obviously involves us uh, having an agreement to go to Milan in 2026. And that is still a work in progress, which we're about to talk about anyways. But how do you guys feel about this four nation, uh, kind of not like really World Cup, but like a, just kind of a general tournament with four of the, the best hockey countries, uh, four of some of the best hockey countries in the world? You want to go, Adam? I guess I'll start it off because I don't know. I feel like the NHL is kind of throwing us a bone, but at the same time, they're already setting themselves up to be able to pull out of things that they need to. Right. Um. So, I mean, it's cool to see that they are going to go and try and do best on best international hockey, but I'll believe it when I see it at this point because I'm already not liking what I'm hearing Bettman say when it comes to anything international hockey related. Right. Yeah. Especially I mean, the Olympics. Yeah. I, Cause we've been burned before, right? Like when they, they have these reports of like, Oh, we're totally going to do this. Like we, we want to grow the game. And then like, it comes down to, it and they're like, Nope, we're protecting our players because they have contracts. And it's, you know, it's, we've, we've kind of seen this happen before, but I feel like hearing something from Bill Daly, um, the NHL deputy commissioner is a step in the right direction. Um, but, but what do you think about like it in general? Do you, do you, do you like the idea, the concept of it? Oh yeah. I just wish they would do full on world cup and not n- limit it to four nations. Well, the only thing that's tough about a world cup right now is especially with the whole Russia situation, you can't really include Russia. And I mean, the, the Olympics don't include Russia and still include Russia. That's fair. Because, you know, they're the Olympians of Russia. But, like, what would you call it? You know, players from the Asian continent? You know, like... Call, call but, it the gulag for all I care. Just the gulag. Yeah, that's... <laughs> okay. Yep. See? See? You've been playing too much Call of Duty. Here you go. You I'm know? not. That was just the first Russian thing that came to mind. <laughs> but, no, um, like, yeah, I mean, there are ways could, around right? it. Yeah. There are ways around it. And, you know, I'm sure... I'm sure it was discussed. Like, I feel like the real big four that they probably wanted was United States, Canada, Sweden, and Russia. Probably. And then they were like, "Mm, maybe don't do Russia. Let's bring Finland into this. You know what I mean? Uh, Because I believe unless um, Czechoslovakia or um, the Czech Republic has made any sort of moves into that direction, I believe those are the top five hockey countries in the world, right? It was U S Canada, United States, Canada, Russia, Sweden, Finland. Okay, yeah, no, that would I would yeah. say that's pretty much it. Okay. So you have so you have your top tier countries, uh, other than Russia, obviously. But then if you so include then, Russia, it would be a six team tournament. And who's going to be that sixteen? Because then my that's... question is, what are you going to do with Ovi? Where's Ovi going to play? That's fair. Oh, it sounds like Ovi's not playing. Sounds like Panarin's not playing. Poshnok's not playing. Huh? You yeah, you know, no, I hear you. I, I, well, especially with all the Russian talent in the NHL, you know, I, I understand what you're saying, but I feel like you just couldn't include Russia with the Here's current what you global do. climate. You, you, you 
bring all the Russian players onto one team mm. and you call it Team NHL and you call it a day. <laughs> and you and you call it a fucking day. Uh, you know, maybe. And, you know, that's probably something that they, they tried to do and just maybe felt it was wrong. Uh, Matt, what do you think? Uh, Adam doesn't seem to love the concept. Um, I I respect it. I hope it's kind of like a quick week tournament instead of like a two week tournament. Right. So it's like a like a two game uh preliminary round and then like actual like tournament play. So it goes by quick. Um you know, is with all the like uh like the world championships, like not a lot of players are playing in it. I remember uh uh, last year, Travis Sandheim played in for Canada. Mm-hmm. The Flyers missed the playoffs, and <clears throat> uh, well, two years, and broke his foot. And actually, nobody knew he broke he broke his foot. Kept a secret, and so uh, when he started playing for the Flyers last year, he was sluggish and struggling. And everyone's like, "Ah, oh, what the what the hell is wrong with Travis Sandheim?" He so, did look uh, like hot ass, though, for what it's yeah. worth. Right, right. It was real um, bad. Right, but uh, at the end of the day, it's like I feel like more players are just gonna be fear fearful of that, and uh, but with this tournament, if you can make it like a short tournament, I think more people will be inclined to, you know, do a week long or a week and a half long tournament instead of like a two and a half week long tournament. So. Right, right. You don't want to make it like a secondary Olympics almost, you know. You kind of want it to be like, you know how Boston has the bean pot between Northeastern, Harvard, Boston College, and Boston University? Of course, the bean pot, yeah. That lasts a week, you know. You could do this in a week. You know what I mean? Now, obviously, that's a bit different considering all the teams are centrally located in Boston. But either way, um, yeah, you could do it something like that. It doesn't need to be more than a week long. Um and I agree with you. There could be a situation where a lot of these athletes do get fearful about being injured and, you know, hurting their ability to play professionally to make money. Here's the thing, though, and I, I think this goes across the board with, you know, most professional athletes. These guys love playing for their country. They love wearing their colors um, of their country on their jersey, and they love representing their country in in um, in sport. Uh, so, you know, I think that could outweigh their fears uh but i guess really maybe not as much as playing in the olympics you know what i mean um so this could be interesting because you know to 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 shift the conversation at least a little bit um when they say they want to do an off and um uh on and on with the olympics and this quote-unquote world cup thing that they're doing here the nhl decision for the 2026 olympics appears to be quote on a reasonable timeline um, so it looks like the uh, NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly told the Associated Press that it's, quote, likely a reasonable timeline to make the call. And it does sound like that, uh, excuse me, that NHL players will be allowed to play in the Olympics uh, in this coming Winter Olympics 2026 uh, after NHL players have missed the last two. Um, do you think the same thing with the Olympics? You know, do you think that they'll be afraid of injury with the Olympics as well? Or do you think because of the weight that the Olympics carries and being an Olympic athlete and representing your country on that stage, it'll be a different turnout. 
Let's be a hypocrite, but I'm going to totally be a hypocrite. I think it would be a different <laughs> turnout because of the fact that how the players seem to want to play the Olympics right? rather than like, you know, having it be like a, like a sit down with your family and discuss whether to play for like the World Cup of hockey or like the I, I, IIHF, yeah. IIHF World Hockey Championships, where it's like, all right, do we want to do this? Um, I think more hockey players want to play for the medals, like the gold medal. I mean, everyone remembers the golden goal Crosby scored. So it's like um, more of a, a more of an incentive to go for the glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, you know, you, you're going to look at the last, you know, the last era, you know, the Crosby's, Ovechkin's, Stamkos, like the guys who were like Marshan, you can throw Marshan in there, even though I still think he's, well, Bergey's retired, but like. Oh, yeah, yeah. now, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but like they're going to really try and, you know, force their way to go because they want, they, this is really their last chance. Mm. So. Going full hypocrite mode, uh, I think they totally would be like, yeah, the Olympics, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're a, you're a hypocrite for that. You know, I, I completely agree with you. I think it's just, all, you have to remember the weight that the Olympics carries, right? You're an Olympic athlete. You're representing your country on the Olympic stage. That's very that's very different than a World Cup or World Championship situation. Adam, what about you? Do you think that uh, the Olympics would be, you know, would get a better turnout as far as NHL talent is concerned than than this proposed World Cup? I feel like it would be about the same. If I'm honest, because I feel like everyone wants to represent their country. And with how many players just haven't had a chance to do that in the NHL, I think just to be able to say you did it once is good. And then, of course, like Fish said with the Olympics, there's just so much more weight behind it. Obviously, you know, you'll get just as much. I'm just concerned that they're not going to do it at all. Because Daly saying one thing and I'm reading... The comments Bettman said, and I'm like, you are already planting the seed to tell us no. Yeah, like, I, I was kind of hoping they were on the same page. I guess I guess they're not. Here's um, who who did this? Blah, 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 blah. This is this came directly from Bettman. It's not about making a decision. Um, it's trying to finalize the plans, some of which are beyond our control. It's up to the International Olympic Committee and the double IHF to put things in place that need to be there. And not insignificantly, they have a lot of work to do on the arena. I don't think they've actually begun construction on it, which is a matter of some concern. Okay. We're three years out from the Olympics, Gary. Like, I understand that they haven't broken ground yet. You're a little concerned, but they always get this shit done. Yeah, it's the Olympics. They'll they'll always find a way to make it happen. I mean, is it is it usually great for the country? No, I mean we you can no. talk to talk that's to all, that's a, still about that. That's a whole podcast in and of itself too. <laughs> yeah, right. They, they, but you know, you're more concerned about your players and your. I mean, the problem is, is that the players really want to play in the Olympics, and Gary Bettman answers to the owners, not the players. So, also, I just read this, which. Jesus fucking Christ. Bettman said the other open issues are paying to ensure players NHL contracts and providing travel and accommodations for the players and their families in Milan. Motherfucker, you just paid a shit ton of money for the sphere. 
What do you mean? I mean, look, it's an end. It's always going to be an endless battle with Gary Bettman. You know what I mean? It, this is this is how it's always been. The dude tries to pinch pennies anywhere that he can when it comes to actually providing entertainment for the fans, and then spends it endlessly in other ways. Uh, it's, it's it's always the same battle with Gary Bettman. So you're never going to win that one. But I hope they do both because I love watching professionals play for their country. Right? Like think about like Austin Matthews hasn't gotten to play for the United States. Kyrie McDavid hasn't gotten to play for Canada. Like, that means so much to these players, and it means so much to the fans, right? Like, I would love, love to root for Austin Matthews, you know what I mean? And to not be in a Toronto jersey. I'd, I'd love that. I would love to root for all of those American guys that are on other teams that I have to hate. And I don't have to, you know what I mean? It's a beautiful thing. And just it, like you, it, there's nothing cooler than winning an Olympic gold for your country. Like that's one of the coolest things you can do on planet earth. This and is, these guys are getting robbed of it. You know, I'm looking at the projected Olympic roster for the U S team. This first line is disgusting. <laughs> Who is it? Matthew Kachuk on the Matthew and Brady Kachuk on the wing, centered by Austin Matthews. Oh, Jason, Jason Robertson <laughs> and Jack Eichel on the second wing with Jack Hughes as the center. Oh my God, the Hughes brothers. Kyle Connor, the Hughes Dylan brothers Larkin. were American. Yeah, how can you forget uh, the Hughes brothers are American? <laughs> I don't know, dude. It just didn't even cross my mind. Oh come on, now. it's nuts. That's, the Hughes brothers. It's, it's kind of fair. It's Are you really going to, I don't know. I would, I kind of like Jack Hughes with on the first line myself, but uh, you know, do what you Either want. way, that's disgusting. <laughs> ah, it's, it's fucking gross. Um, it what, what do we got on defensemen there for, for Team USA? Quinn Hughes oh. and Charlie McAvoy, first pair. Wierenski, Fox, second pair. Slavin, Pesci. Oh! Goal- <laughs> Goaltenders. Jake Ottinger, Connor Hellebuck, Spencer Knight. Damn. Damn. What's what's Canada who, cooking? Wait, I was gonna, who are the Canadians putting in net? Carter Hart? Uh, Carter, Carter Hart, Hart Tristan Jari, Carter and Hart. Logan Thompson. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, bruh. Braden Point, Connor McDavid, Mitch Marner, your first line. This is no offense to Carter Hart, who obviously I love endlessly. And if, if he winds up not being in a Flyers jersey someday, I will follow and like him wherever he goes. However, Oh no offense. God. He's got no help in net. It is just him. Tristan Jari, trash. Logan Thompson? Logan Thompson, good. pretty fucking good. They're right? cut from the same cloth. Tristan Jari's a pretty good goalie. He did just score a complete side note that we didn't. He did just oh, score we... a goal, by the way. I could tell us that. I, was gonna say, <laughs> I completely that. forgot that happened. <laughs> this, is, this is the wild thing about having a hockey podcast in the middle of a season that you only record weekly. It's Once like you, yeah. you feel like you miss everything (laughs) but then you also feel like you have nothing to talk about like the day like the time the day comes you're like the fuck happened this week did anything happen everything happened everything happens it happens i also i also have to point out the second line for team canada is projected to be crosby mckinnon bedard and i want to throw up (laughs) goddamn canadians dude what What the there's a world where it could be They're Crosby, relentless. David Bedard. <laughs> They're relentless. 
Uh, what do they have on defense? Uh, Morrissey, McCarr, Shabbat, Chickering, Theodore, Hamilton. Fuck off. <laughs> just, just fuck off. I mean, this is on. why we want the Olympics, Gary. Jesus, fuck. So, yeah, dude, why are you robbing us of this? For the last eight year, eight years plus, all we've had is to think about this in our minds and what it could be and maybe make it happen on, on Shell. Let us see this, Gary, for the love of God. Owners, Gary Bettman, the NHL at large, get together and just let's get these guys good against each other, best on best, where it actually matters. Not the fucking all-star game where nobody cares, okay? Where it actually matters, where guys are actually going to play hard because they're representing their countries. I'm going over John Hockey League's head. You should. Fuck him. (laughs) He's terrible. He he ignores your calls all the time. You know, it's, it's rude. John Hockey League, it's rude. (laughs) <laughs> um all righty to keep on keeping on talking talking about those fantastic nhl players uh one thing that i noticed is that team canada happened to have a coyote on there oh, or yeah. i guess and coyote. and uh you know the yotes are doing right now them them yotes them uh those they, they, like they speaking like will ferrell in the old school they be they be howling right now. They be big howling as they have won their last five games, all against the last five former Stanley Cup champions, winning games against the St. Louis Blues, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Colorado Avalanche, and the Capitals. Who's the and the Capitals, the Washington Capitals. Um, first time in league history that's happened. Where a team no. has uh, won five games in a row against uh, former Stanley Cup champions, because it, it's happened before. Actually. Oh no! I first just... time since 1986. I apologize. There it is. Um, however, aside from that, aside that feat being a thing, the Arizona Coyotes have won five games in a row. I feel like decisively too decisively like these were win-wins these weren't like oh they they just fucked around and found a win i watched the highlights from these games the arizona coyotes look like a team right now they're young they're hungry and in the words of john tortorella when he was talking about the flyers they got balls they don't care what mistakes they make they're gonna try no matter what to get an offensive scoring chance and it seems to be going well now Obviously, this is a Coyote-centric conversation, but, you know, not to bring the Flyers into everything that we talk about. There's something to be said. Kind of ironically, they're facing each other come Thursday. Yeah, so (laughs) the the day this episode drops, the Flyers and Coyotes are playing each other in what I think is the national primetime game of the day. That's just me. Um, (laughs) But you look at both these teams, the Flyers, Coyotes. Both are in seventh seventh place in their conference with eerily similar records, and they're winning games in eerily similar fashion. They're making mistakes. Sometimes they look completely stupid and like they have no idea what's going on. Other times they're winning puck battles. They're gaining possession in transition. They're capitalizing on mistakes the other team is making. They're putting pucks in the net. They're getting rubber on the net. Is this a new way of of hockey as far as like when you're a rebuilding team, sure, you have a lot of youth 
not a whole lot of known talent, not a whole lot of veteran leadership, all yada, yada, yada. Is this the new way for rebuilding teams to maybe not suffer through rebuild anymore, but to instead adopt this theory of, you know, for lack of better terminology, fuck it. You know, like obviously not throwing defensive hockey out the window by any means, like you still have to play a little bit of a structured game, but taking more as many chances as you can, because that's the best way for you to win games. Do you think this is a new trend going on in hockey? Because you're looking at, yeah, we're going to talk about this team later here, but the San Jose Sharks doing a similar thing in the way that they're, they're winning games recently. It's not run and gun by any means. I can't really define it that way, but it's all it's, John Tortorello said it best. They got balls. You got to play with balls. You got to, you got to, you got to think I'm not going to screw this up. I'm not going to mess up this opportunity. I'm a defenseman. I'm going to pinch and I'm going to win that puck battle every time going into that. You know what I mean? What do you guys think? Just an idea, by the way. Well, I can really only speak for the team that I watch on a nightly basis. Cause I don't think I've watched a single coyotes game this year. Um, they, they're really the Flyers are a really tight locker room. Like you can see that. Like they play for one another. They support each other. They play for each other. They're tight locker room. And when you have tight locker room and you have a smidget of belief, man, you can take that a long way. Um, I think the reason they've changed this, like. I mean, it's completely 180 from how they played last year, and like they right. were, they were very structured and stuff. Um, I think the main reason why is because uh, general Ma- the new general manager Danny Briere, obviously being an offenseman, wants more offense, wants to see more offense. So I think that's kind of the staple point of like why it was changed the way they play. But it's just also just a, you know. Play with confidence. Like, yeah. you know, you want to develop a winning culture. I mean, you want to have these young players gain confidence that they can make plays and stuff. So why not play a system that allows them to make plays? And yeah. um, But they're also fortunate enough that, I mean, they got – the Flyers have two really good goaltenders. And right. Carter Hart can bend, bend, and bend without breaking. And Sam Harrison got off to a rough start, but he's been on fire, you know, every time he's gotten a nod to start. So you you can play that way and still be confident mm. if you know you got a goaltender that can bail you out. And they do right. they have it, dude. And it's and, Connor Ingram, yeah. And as far as far as like I mean, Connor Ingram's not gonna, you know, fucking light the world on fire by any means, but he's playing really well right now. And maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah, you know, maybe that is the confidence that they that they might need because obviously that roster isn't going to blow you away right now. You know what I mean? Like it's holy. Uh, Bing, I feel like Connor Ingram might be setting the world on fire. <laughs> well, yeah, I was I was pulling up the stats while I was I was saying that out loud. Uh, we should backtrack. What, what What do you think they are? Just out of curiosity. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Uh, Damn. If if. I'm gonna break out a wrestling reference here. If uh, if CM Punk froze hell over, Carter Ingram's lighting it back up. Yo. What the? F- he's the, okay. Hold the hold the phone. Connor Ingram, goaltender for the Arizona Coyotes, right now. 15 games played, 14 games started, 
11 and 3 record, a 223 goals against average at a 930 save percentage clip. Insane. It's impressive. Holy a lot of like cart like Carter. Car our Carter's rocking like a 220 goals against right now. But yeah, but yeah, Carter he's still got has a lot. An, as is Carter still has an 800 save percentage. This kid is fucking lighting it up. It's 930 with the team you have in front of you, sir. You know, I'm and and here's the thing, and, and I'm glad that you brought that up that the you know the the fly the flyers like play together because it's a tight locker room. You look at like Arizona looks like they're having fun. It straight up looks like they're just having a good time out there. Logan Cooley looks like he's having a blast playing hockey in Arizona, which is awesome considering all the drama that happened with, you know, his his draft and all that jazz. You know, Clayton Keller looks like a full bona fide leader of a locker room. You know I, I think mean? he's he's finally breaking out. Yeah, whether or not more. he's breaking out or, or, or anything like that, you know, eight goals, 16 assists, and 24 points through 24 games. He looks like he's trying to lead a hockey team and he's actually doing it right and you have a lot of different guys being involved with this team right now. You know, Michael Car- uh, Michael Carson, 12 goals, 15 points. You know, like, I've never heard that guy's name. I have no idea who that is. Lawson Krauss, I do know who that is. Um, but, you know, they have a lot of guys who are actually being more than just a supporting cast and actually putting points on the board. Um, this, is, this is just flat-out impressive from what the Arizona Coyotes are doing right now. Here's my question for you. Like I said, and like I have said on the podcast before, the Flyers are Stanley Cup contenders. No, I'm kidding. Um, but <laughs> I, I would, I would have to say, I would have to say that the, you know, the the Flyers right now are a competitive team, right? We Dude. technically speaking, kind of have to turn around and say the same thing about the Coyotes, as the Coyotes right now are also seventh in their conference in the West, sporting a 13 nine and two record where the Flyers are seventh place in their conference, sporting a 13-10-2 record. But, are see, the Coyotes I, for real? The way they – the way they're – I mean, I can only – like I said, I can really only speak for my Flyers because I've watched the Flyers on a nightly basis. The way they play, if they can continue to play, I think they can make the playoffs because they got the goaltending to make the playoffs. Now it could be the same with Arizona. I mean, uh, they're wow, holding down the playoffs. Well, this Ingram kid is playing. Yes, but if they got a goaltender like that, I mean, it should be enough to make the playoffs. Oh, here's the problem, though, and here's that. Oh man, why'd I have to think this thought? Ah, he's gonna get traded, isn't he? He's Dude, gonna Connor get traded. Ingram? He's gonna get traded to the Oilers, and his career is gonna be ruined. Who Connor Ingram? Ingram? No. Yeah, Connor Ingram. Ain't no way. Damn it! If, Ari- if Arizona's smart, they don't touch anything. If I agree, if organizations are smart, especially ones you can consider like in a rebuild, like you know the Yotes, the Flyers, um, Nashville, like if you've solved the goaltending situation, don't don't mess with it. Like yeah, they're, 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 they're teams that would kill to have a goaltender, and. Oh. I haven't solved the the goalie situation in Shell yet, and I've rocked with what I got. I got Carter Hart and a rookie, and they've kind of done okay. So, yeah, I mean, when when you really break it down by the numbers, he's the hottest goalie in the league right now, Connor Ingram. I mean, if I'm trading Connor Ingram, 
I'm asking for like two firsts and a high second prospect. A hundred percent. The asking price is ridiculous if, if that, that trade would ever happen. But right now, I am having so much fun watching these teams that no one thought was going to be a factor play well and cause a little, just a little bit of havoc in the league. I'm having so much fun with this right now. Um, and, you know, another team that I'd like to talk about, a team that's 6-6-1 uh, six, six and one in their last 13. And uh, if they had a 500 win percentage, much like after their major losing streak out, out of the beginning of the year, they would currently be, I believe, third in the Pacific behind the Kings. And that is the San Jose Sharks. Adam, my boy, how are you feeling about the Sharks right now? Obviously, you had the losing streak at the beginning of the year. That kind of sucks. But right now in this last, these this 13-game stretch, there's been some winning. You've beaten some good teams, too. You just came off a win against the Devils, you know? A and comeback win, no less. And a, a comeback, comeback win. Well, then they led against the Devils, but they came, came back heavy against the Durs, Islanders. Yeah, and you know, you also you, you popped off a uh, you know, that that win against the Islanders. You obviously you had that win against the Flyers. How is you just beat the Blues, you just beat the Canucks, Capitals. The Capitals like how how is it feeling right now as a Sharks fan? Would I be insane to say conflicted? <laughs> No, no, I mean I'm conflicted as a Flyers fan right now. You know, I, I understand that they need draft capital, but watching them win games is just too damn fun. Well, yeah, I can see that. I don't know. I still haven't I haven't uh washed the bitter taste of the nine game losing streak. I don't even remember how long it was. It was that stupid. Um so I, I haven't come back around to watching. I'm I'm keeping up on it with clips on Twitter and stuff like that, but I'm not invested in watching games i was like oh maybe i'll watch the islanders game and i saw what the score was, I was like all right i'm, I'm done I'll, I'll catch this later and then i found out they came back and won so maybe i just shouldn't watch because that's when they'll win is what i'm getting <laughs> maybe maybe just follow um, on twitter we'll get a stanley cup in san jose well i mean it's nice to see that it's not all like doom and gloom and we're not on pace to be probably the worst team in hockey um but I would still like to have a high trap pick, and the more you win, the less likely that is to happen. So right, right. we'll see. I will say the guys that I called mm-hmm. out when we were talking about the losing streak, the William Eklunds and all them are starting to show up. Eklund had the game winner um, against the Islanders last night. Looked really good. Um Hold up, Max texted me something, and I'm like, "What are you?" Yeah, it's a uh, it's a episode topic planner. Because you know, it's not terrible. R- running and gunning, free ball, and like we usually. Yeah, do you not like course. how we just free ball these episodes? Call, I think we're it's calling you so out, far. Maxwell. Uh, no. <laughs> Silver hammer. But um, and I'm enjoying seeing some of the guys that we call I called out starting to show up. Uh, Duclair's being the player I expected when he was signed. Um, Zetterland has been otherworldly. I don't think I expected that from him. Zadina, I don't know if he's heard. I feel like I haven't heard his name at all recently. Um, we'll see kind of, actually, I'm kind of curious to see where he's at on the stat sheet. Zetterland's there. Zadina is a minus 19. God help me. 
Okay. Well, wow. that's maybe tough to look at. Bench. Tough to look at a plus minus when you guys started the year. Yeah, no, I'll give I'll give you that. But even still, uh, <laughs> I don't like seeing double digit minuses. Um. Yeah, but you also don't like seeing double digit double digit losses and or uh, two I double like... losses in a row. So you know what? maybe I just I agree don't like with I agree digits. with Matt a little bit. I, maybe I just don't. I don't like double digits. Maybe, maybe <laughs> just don't. Maybe just don't. Um, just maybe six figures. Then we'll talk. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's all I was asking. It's, it's pretty. Um, the only the only red flag I have right now is I'm seeing a lot of concerning reports that Mario Ferraro could get traded, and to that I say, fuck off. <laughs> Why? Yeah, that's that's a prospect you probably want to keep around. I would trade Kevin LeBanc. Uh, anybody over Mario Ferraro right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely an interesting situation, but you got to admit it's fun to watch, right? Like, you know, you know, in your head, you're oh, like, yeah. it's a rebuild and we, we kind of need draft capital, but you're like, we're winning games. It's kind of fun. I don't know. Um, I think I'd like to see winning games with a uh, Michael Celebrini or Macklin Celebrini, excuse me. May, maybe. Maybe, but wins or are Cole wins. Eiserman. I'll take it. I'll take it. Or that, Eiserman. or that, you know, it's a young Y, some would say. Um, young Y. <laughs> and uh, the last team we're going to talk about here, uh, for the episode is another team that has popped off a win streak five in a row. And it's a team that we didn't necessarily uh sell, you know, sell out on by any means, but a team that it was a full shock how much they were struggling at the beginning of the year. And that's the Edmonton Oilers who just popped off a five game win streak putting themselves at a 9-12-1 record with 19 points in the Pacific Division. Still very much in that race as they're only four points away from the Calgary Flames who are in fourth. Um, however, the the Pacific right now is very much top-heavy. Um, the, the Knights, the Kings, and the Canucks are in another atmosphere in that division as the Canucks, who are in third, have 33 points, and the closest team is those Flames I was just talking about, 23 points. So right now... Anyone else in the Pacific Division that isn't those top three teams is just battling for a wild card spot. So the Oilers right now, outside looking in, but still pretty close to it. And they're finally starting to get their their legs under them a little bit here. You know, 7-3-0 in their last 10. That's pretty fucking big. How do you guys feel about the Oilers now, now that it seems that they're kind of getting the momentum? Do you think that they're still uh, maybe just a bit too down and out, or is there still time, you think? There's always still time, but I'm not hopping on their wagon, man. Know who I will hop on the wagon? Uh, whoa, okay. Not hey now. Like make a comeback Pause. after a strong start, after hmm. a rough start. Minnesota. Minnesota. They're Ooh. 4-0. They're 4-0 after making the coaching change. They are. That's true. So I think there's going to come a time where the goaltending will catch up to him and the defense will catch up to him again. And uh, I think they'll just be buried. And um, Minnesota. I think they need it, though, right? The Oilers? I think they what? need it. What, need they to get... miss the playoffs and be like, yo, we are, we need to figure some shit out? 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh... Like, I was, like I was saying earlier, dude, there's so many teams that you can consider rebuilding that have figured out the goaltending situation. And, dude, you don't mess with that. Because if you really want to win a cup, you compete for a cup, if you don't have goaltending, you don't have a chance. You don't have a chance. 
So if you got goaltending, man, you you keep it. You 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 love it. Like it's you, you, like you it's hold on to it. You hold to it and you, you love, love it. it. Like it's your <laughs> dog or something. You hold tight to that. You don't let go. Um, Never no, let I go, Connor. You. Never let go. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, I agree with you. I mean, I think like it's a story as old as time, as far as you know, cup winners are concerned. You know, uh, goaltending matters so much, and it matters even more in the playoffs. Um, now you could argue that you know Darcy Kemper wasn't like a full blown stud for the Avalanche, but that Avalanche team was just going to beat you whether you liked it or not. Um, that's a totally different story. You look at the the um the the lightning. Andre Vasilevsky arguably has been the best goaltender in the last decade. Um, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where goaltending will always matter and it will always be a huge factor in whether or not you're gonna win a Stanley Cup. So you're right, you have a lot of these teams that are quote unquote rebuilding who have a goaltender or have a, a goaltending situation figured out, and they're winning games against teams that you know arguably they should not be winning games against. You know, um, and the Oilers are the exact opposite. They're losing games they shouldn't be losing because of bad defense and goaltending. Adam, what about you? Do you think they're far too buried? Uh, or do you think, you know, think like Adam and myself where eventually the whole defense and Matt, goaltending Matt. thing will catch up? Oh, sorry, Matt, Matt and myself. <laughs> um, no, I think they can dig their way out of this. I mean, they got a leapfrog, a rebuilding Ducks, a struggling Kraken and Calgary. And they're in a wild card, and that's only what would that be? One, three, like five, six points. Yeah. Um, and they're on a four-game heater right now, so I think they can dig themselves out of it. Um, they just can't afford another long losing streak. Hmm. Um, so we'll see what happens. There's a lot of factors going on in Edmonton right now. I know. I think Drysaddle's on a contract year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, McDavid's right behind them, and they still have to solve the goaltending and defense problems. But they, I don't think there's that crazy of a of a leap that they have to make. Um, the only team I'd be concerned about would be the the Canucks. Um, if they're able to like leapfrog them and secure a spot instead of trying to battle for a wild card. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I think things will shake out the way that they that they're kind of supposed to because god help us yeah i mean i can't i can't help but agree with matt though like i'm not saying there's not enough time because definitely there is don't get me wrong it's before christmas but the the golden and the defense situation is eventually going to catch up to them and again i and i'll ask i'll ask you guys you know about your you know your, your more elaborate opinions on it but i think it's a i think it might be a good thing for the organization to like miss the playoffs and be like okay we have to do something. And, you know, obviously not something as drastic as like trading McDavid, but a dry sidle trade could be on the table. Um, just to I mean, get yeah, they have been trying thing. to do something. I mean, there right. are huge rumblings of last, uh, this past off season, you know, Edmonton was calling Danny Briere about heart. And so uh, they definitely, uh, understand the situation i think they were trying to do something but and they were calling about sandheim too i mean they're dead they were definitely calling about defensemen and goalies but i think they were just a little too snooty about the asking prices yeah. of some of these teams it's always the asking price yeah i also think it's something to do with the cap space too because i mean they're 
they're right at the cap even with LTIR uh, available to them. So it, it's going to be rough. There's that really wiggle room for them to do anything, and that's why I think we saw the uh, the the coaching change that we did was because they couldn't get a goalie in that fit under the cap without having to completely overpay and, and bury the team even further. Um, which then just leads to this fucking salary cap increase better go through. Otherwise I'm going to be ripping my hair out too. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much built on that as well, but I feel like at some point they're going to have to shop dry sidle, right? That's like the, that's like the only thing that can really bring them value on defense or goaltending, whichever way they want to go. If this slump continues, absolutely. It's kind of like what we talked about um, before we went live with the the Samco's situation. This is like a a ten times bigger situation than the Samco's one, um, as far as like a possible shop job for for Drysaddle. Right. Um, you don't win that trade though, is the biggest problem. Not to mention he's got a, I think he has a yep. modified no trade. Was it a modified no move? I think it's a modified no move where he can't oh, he can't be traded to ten teams. Okay. Or, no, he can only be traded to 10, te- 10 teams. Excuse me, I misread that. Yeah, well, I mean, he could waive that if if he if he deems it correct. But you know, I, I want to feel bad for him, but I don't. You know, like they valued. Their offense, they value the talent up there, you know, getting the Evander Kane, having Drysidle, having McDavid, which I understand. But you did nothing for your defense and your goaltending, which, you know, arguably, at least in my mind, but it just could it could be because I'm I'm a goaltender. But in my mind, the most important part of any cup winning team is the defense and the goaltending every single time. Um I don't know if you guys agree with that, but that just I feel like that that's Far and away, what matters the most when you look at teams that consistently compete and consistently compete for cups. You know what I mean? I feel like there is, I do agree with you, but at the same time, I feel like it's a, it's a weird balance. Because, mm. like, I think the, the current prime example is, like, a Connor Ingram. Like, we talked about, like, he shouldn't be the goalie that is lighting the world on fire, and he currently is. Um and that's like nobody would have predicted that. Darcy Kemper leading Colorado to a cup, I don't think anyone would have truly predicted. It's all, it's honestly all like a balance and just people getting hot at the right time. And you could be a Tampa Bay that uh, knows you have an Andre Vasilevsky that's going to lead your team in net for his entire career, more than likely. Right. Um, but for teams that don't have that, it's, more of like a, I was gonna say a crapshoot, but I th- I think the funnier analogy is those uh, you know those those games you would see at like supermarkets and stuff where you put a quarter in and you turn the dial and a little ball comes out with a random toy. Mm-hmm. That's what I think NHL goaltending is. You don't know what the hell you're gonna get. It's either gonna be really cool or really shitty. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, so it, I. Jeez, Louise. Uh, looking at the numbers here. Uh-oh. Based off wins alone. Or sorry, so we got... Uh, I'm going to have save percentage and 
games played, right? <laughs> if I if I can here, using NHL okay. Edge, I I am, and I'm, I'm oh trying. Oh my, to... he's actually he's I'm actually doing, doing the thing. I'm oh doing it. Oh my god, I think I just felt the space time continuum rip open. What is going on? He is the third best goalie in the league, behind Cam Talbot for some fucking reason. Yeah, eleven eleven starts with a nine thirty save. Good for you, bud. And um, Thatcher De- Thatcher Demko. Well, remember too, Vasilevsky's been out for a good chunk of the. That's season. True. So That's true. That's true. But he wasn't playing that great. Thatcher had a rough game last night against. He did. Thatcher did have a tough game, but he's been incredible recently. Nine eighteen save percentage right now. That I mean, guys, this is the Connor Ingram episode. Go Yotes, huh? Fucking help, oh boys. Where did we, we? We all had them like bottom of the barrel yeah. in the central. Did we not? Hey, you had you had the Flyers bottom of the barrel in the in the Metro. So here we are. Hmm. hmm? I did have them there, but hey, listen. Shit can happen. Yeah, especially in the in the uh, metropolitan division right now, all the teams are separated by like anywhere from one to four Five points. points. <laughs> it's nuts. That was right even now. Columbus is. It's so tight. Yeah, Columbus is still in the mix. It's so tight right now in the metro, but you know the league right now. It's fun to watch. It is fun hockey to watch. You have teams that shouldn't be winning games, winning games, and it's it's. I, I think it makes the league more fun myself. Oh. Um, all right, boys, unless you guys have anything else, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Oh, I have to say it. I have to say it. Oh, no. So, got to talk about 87 Sidney Crosby. I hate to do it, but I got to give it props. Last night, he officially passed Mario Lemieux and is now the long, the, now is, has the most points against any player against the Flyers. He has the most points against the Philadelphia Flyers than any other player in the history of the NHL. And it hurts that I have to congratulate him. It was inevitable. If you've watched the Flyers and Penguins rivalry, it was inevitable this was going to happen. But it finally happened. He has 125 points against the Philadelphia Flyers in like 85 games. And he now is number one against points against Philadelphia. Yep. And it sucks. It sucks. It hurts. I hate to congratulate him, but I have to because this is a hockey podcast and you got to respect greatness. And man, I respect it. We got when you watch greatness, you can't, you got to acknowledge it. As much so, as you hate it, you got it. You got to do it. Uh, Cosby 50- has officially become the most points. Against the Flyers, you don't have it, to keep saying it out loud. I know it, 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 it seems painful. Sucks. You don't it have sucks, to, keep but it's like it was <sighs> inevitable and it's happened. You know, he needs it to like, let it set in. It yeah, was like when you know <laughs> when he was winning the Hart Trophy. It's like man, he there's gonna come a day when he's gonna you know be the most points against the Flyers. It's like yeah, inevitable, and uh, it's happened. Yeah, uh, in 85 games against the Flyers, which is basically a whole. NHL season for 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 more or less, fifty four goals, seventy one assists for one hundred twenty five points. Jesus, that's crazy. That one, wow. No that's thanks. Sid the kid. Yeah, yeah. No, now it's Sid the old man who still gets it done. Yeah. Um, uh, points in his last 
15 of 16 contests against the Flyers, too. Just to, just to rub a little more salt in that wound. Well, congratulations to Sidney Crosby. Obviously, <laughs> a phenomenal, phenomenal career. First Bell Hall of Famer. If I, if I, by some strange happening, wind up at the last Flyers-Penguins game where Sidney Crosby's on his last hurrah, I'm going to stand up and give him an ovation. I will. That He's a Hall of Famer. I got to watch him play as much as I hated him, right, because he was a Penguin. Greatness is greatness. I'm going to do the same thing for Ovi. I'm going to do the same thing for Patty Kane. You know, you have to respect the greatness oh. when it's in front of you. And uh, no matter who they I'm play. Just glad, I'm just glad the NHL doesn't do, like, uh, farewell tours like baseball does and, like, well, football does. Yeah, like, that, there's no funny. need, no need for what, farewell tours. Did you not see what they did with Patty Marlowe? He did a farewell tour. Yeah, but he was still competitive. He can still play. Ah, that's ar- that's arguable. I don't know about that. I don't know. Duke can still play a little bit. Um, but no, I because I agree with Matt. Like a farewell tour for baseball is like a guy who's on the bench every single day, but every city they go to, he trots his little ass out before the game. Okay, some I, sort I see of what you gift, say. and then he goes back to the dugout to hit under a hundred for the entire season. Um, I agree. I'm glad that hockey doesn't do that either, but. There's always like the air of like when you know it's over, the player knows it's over, the fans know it's over. It was like Giroux when he got that thousandth game, the Flyers, and yeah, was that, the crowd. I was there. It was the, the crowd few- was arguably more emotional than they would be because we all knew it was over. And I, he knew, was I called it the else. funeral. Yeah, I called it the funeral. I was like, they were yeah, wearing the black jerseys too. It was like, oh, this is this hurts. Lean into it. Hurts the heart. Um, yeah, I mean, look. When it comes to hockey, it's less of a uh, farewell tour and more of like a it's it's over, isn't it? We know it's over now. Um, so you know, hey, greatness is greatness, and he he say saved the league. He and Alex Ovechkin saved the league in a time where the league needed it in two thousand four, two thousand five. So always will appreciate them in some some small way. But that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. Oh, we missed two things. Well, oh, there's one Lord. funny thing, and there's one thing we actually missed that you reminded me of. Patty Kane's yeah. making his debut. Oh, yes, Patrick Kane making his debut the day this episode drops against those winning San Jose Sharks. That'll be interesting to see. Um, That's definitely a game to tune into just to kind of see where Patty Kane's at nowadays, see if he can be a factor offensively for the Detroit Red Wings. If he gets himself a couple of points in that game, you're looking at a a Red Wings team that that might have something here. So that's going to be definitely something. Watch him get a hat trick, and I'm going to try. And I will weep. Also, uh, the funny thing. Did you guys see what happened in the ECHL was it today? No. What transpired? So during the, I don't know who they were playing against, but it was during the Toledo Walleyes school day game in Toledo. Okay. Uh, a chicken nugget was thrown onto the ice. And a player for the Walleyes shot said chicken nugget back into the crowd and the player was assessed a 10-minute game misconduct. <laughs> no! <laughs> For what? Well, I, I, it was a ga- it was a misconduct. I don't know if it was a, a game misconduct, but he was assessed a 10-minute misconduct. <laughs> For what? <laughs> Trying to help clear the ice service? Sorry. My bad. Yeah. That's so uh... dumb. That is so dumb. <laughs> oh, dumb. So dumb, bud. So dumb. Uh, oh chicken my God. Nugget, the so chicken dumb. nugget heard around the world. If you guys don't know what that reference is, that's a Shorzy reference. Go watch the fucking show. Anyway. God damn it. Um, as always, <laughs> we appreciate you guys so much for listening to On the Power Play. You guys 
you guys rock, man. We keep getting listeners, um, you know, week in and week out, and we appreciate the heck out of you. Obviously, we know where you came from. You came from the social medias because Adam is a G. We will always say it. Adam is the heart and soul of this podcast. He runs the damn show here, and uh, Matt and I just talking to a microphone. Um, but Adam, how about you go ahead and plug that Twitch? Twitch.tv slash on the power play. Uh, I know I said I was going to pull up. It came to my attention I could only do four options for a poll. So I had to, Stupid. I, I kind of had to try and figure something else out. I have an idea. I'm going to try and see if I can figure out uh, either or situations. Since I have, uh, I think it was like six total teams. So I could do one on either side. Mm. And then once I get those compiled, I'll throw out an actual poll. A little bracket uh, style. Okay. I like yeah, it. pretty much. You know, we're, we're known for our brackets. So it, it all we are. makes sense. Big bracket uh, podcast. So be on the lookout for that on the socials. Once again, that'll be all for twitch.tv slash on the power play. People's GM make it a comeback. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, and also all the stuff that he's done on there is still on there on video on demand. Uh, so you guys can go ahead and watch that too. Those socials that he was talking about, I just realized I forgot to plug those on Instagram Whoops. and Twitter, formerly or uh and X, formerly known as Twitter at OTPP pod on both of those social media platforms. Adam does a great job on there. Go follow the stuff that he does. Um, some great edits and stuff. You get a play of the day. It's, it's good stuff. So as always, thank you so much for listening folks. And we out. Woo.